Hello and welcome. This is Nolan Emmett. The following audio is a must listen. You are who you are because of what you um, take in, what you um, think about, what you read, what you allow uh, to come into you through uh, media, whether you're uh, watching radio, I mean, <laughs> watching radio, yeah, right. Uh, you are watching TV or listening to radio or you're um, listening to stuff. Whatever you are exposed to, that's what you become because that's where your focus is, all right? And there, there's so many things in the next segment, and, and it's a fairly long segment. Let me tell you right up front, it's almost an hour. But I tell you, it is life-changing. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. You don't get what you want in life. You get who you are. People want leaders. They need leaders. They're crying out for leaders. But if you're not leading by example, then you're not leading them. They're going to go off and follow somebody else. All right? They, they need you. Listen to the next segment. It can change your life and the life of many, many others. Let me put it this way. If you wouldn't follow yourself, why should anyone else follow you? On the first day, God created the dog. God said, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at anybody that comes by. I'll give you a lifespan of 20 years. The dog said, that's too long to be barking. Give me 10 years, I'll give you back the other 10. And God agreed. On the second day, God created a monkey. God said, entertain people, do monkey tricks, make them laugh. I'll give you a 20-year lifespan. The monkey said, how boring, monkey tricks for 20 years? I don't think so. The dog gave you back 10 years, so that's what I'll do too, okay? And God agreed. On the third day, God created the cow. God said, you must go out in the field with the farmer all day long, suffer under the sun, have calves, give milk to support the farmer. I'm going to give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow said, that's kind of a tough life. You want me to live for 60 years? Let me have 20. I'll give you back the other 40. God agreed. On the fourth day, God created man. God said, eat, sleep, play, marry, enjoy your life. I'll give you 20 years. Man said, what? Only 20 years? I'll tell you what. I'll take the 10 years that the dog gave you back and the 10 years that the monkey gave you back and, and the 40 years that the, the, cow, the cow gave you back. That makes 80 years. Okay, okay, God said, you've got a deal. So that is why the first 20 years of our lives, we eat, sleep, play, enjoy ourselves. For the next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. For the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And for the last 10 years, we sit on the front porch and we bark at everybody that goes by. That is, that is the, that's the best-selling leadership book ever written. It sold millions of copies. It sold over a million copies in China alone, where I go twice a year to teach and lecture. And the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, if you don't have it, you want to get it. Because that's, basic, that, that's absolutely the foundation for understanding leadership and how to lead and, and, and what you need to know to be a better leader. 
And for the teaching today, I'm going to, I'm going to take the first law, the law of the lid, L-I-D, and I'm going to teach the law of the lid for not long, three to five minutes. And then I'm going to teach the rule of five. And then I'm going to share with you five things that you need to do in the rule of five to, to lift your leadership lid to get and be a better leader. So, so let, me, let, let me just teach you the law of the lid. The law of the lid just simply says that your ability to lead will determine how well you succeed. In other words, the better you lead, the more you'll succeed. The better leader you are, the larger organization you can develop. The, larger, the better leader you are, the larger you're following, the larger, the greater your influence will be. The law of the lid is an amazing law, and it basically says that as you learn to lead, you will grow and be more successful. And the better that you lead, the more successful you will become. Now, for teaching purposes on the law of the lid, I want you to look up at me, and let me just give you a visual so that we, we can kind of make sure we got this, okay? If, if let's say, for example... If this is my leadership lid, this is how well John Maxwell leads, okay? This is my lid. I, I don't go any higher than this lid. This is my leadership lid. This is how well I lead. And, and let's just say I'm an average leader. So it's a, it's a five. I'm a five. I'm, from a one to a ten, I'm a five leader. If that's the case, if this, is, if this is my leadership lid, this is how well I lead, what the law of the lid teaches is that my business, your business, what you do with a right now, your business will come under your leadership lid, but it will never get any better or go any higher or grow any farther than what your ability to lead is. So that your, your leadership lid literally determines the level of your success. So if I'm a four as a leader, what that means is that my business will be a four. Or if I'm a five as a leader, my business will be a four. Does that make sense? Now, now even in a great organization like this, my leadership lid will determine the level of my success. Now, when I began to understand the leadership lid, and I began to teach the leadership lid, all of a sudden, everything began to change. Because you see, it was in 1974 that I came to the conclusion, after studying successful people for five years, from 69 to 74, after really looking and watching successful people, I came to the conclusion that everything rises and falls on leadership. And when I say everything rises and falls on leadership, you say, John, what do you mean everything rises and falls on leadership? What I mean is everything rises and falls on leadership. Now, what part of that don't you get? I didn't say some things. I didn't say most things. I didn't say 99% of the things. I said everything rises and falls on leadership. In fact, I know it. I believed it in 1974. I started studying leadership. I started teaching leadership. I started leading a long time ago. But now in 2013, I'm more convinced than every, that, that everything rises and falls on leadership. And one of the reasons I am is because I've developed the largest leadership training company in the world. We, we've, we're in 174 countries. We've trained 6 million leaders. In fact, we are now training 1 million leaders every 10 months. And we're two years away from training a million leaders every six months. And by 2020, we'll train a million new leaders every month around the world. And so, when the, yeah. so when, the, when the United Nations asked me to do the opening assembly to all the ambassadors, they said, come in and talk about leadership. The reason they asked me to do that is because we teach leadership and in, 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 in two years we'll be in every country of the world teaching leadership. And I understand leadership. I know how to, I know how to train leaders. I know how to teach leaders. I understand leadership. It's, it's been my life. It's been my life for a long, long time. And in 74, I was convinced everything rises and falls on leadership. And can I tell you, 
2013, I know without any question, everything rises and falls on leadership. So how well I lead will determine how well I succeed. So this is huge. I, I've got to become a better leader. And the question people ask me all the time is, can I become a better leader? They'll, they'll ask me a question like, John, are leaders born? When they ask me, are leaders born? I always give them the same answer. Of course they are. Come on now, think of that question for a moment, huh? I've never met an unborn leader. Huh? Hey, don't particularly want to either, thank you very much. So when they ask me, are leaders born? I know what they're not really asking, are they born? What they're really asking is, are there some people when they're born, they got it? And some of you, when they're born, they don't got it. And if you got it, you go to the front of the line. If you don't got it, you go to the back of the line. That's what they're asking. And I've got great news for you. And I do believe, I have no question about it, that there are some people that are born with what I call leadership leanings. No doubt about that. Just like some people are born with kind of a musical leaning. No doubt. But the, the great news is, because I've done this for so long, and I've done this with so many over such a long period of time in every country of the world, what I know is you can learn to lead. You can learn to lead. You, you, can, you can learn to be a better leader than you are right now. You can, you can grow as a leader. In fact, look at the person you're sitting beside and say to them, even you can learn to lead. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You weren't sure about that person, were you, huh? You weren't, you weren't sure they could really learn, but now you've got to figure, they, even they can learn to lead. Now, let's go back to, let's go back to this law. If I'm a five as a leader, that means my organization will be what? Talk to me. A four. Okay, here we go. Because the lid, the leadership lid, won't allow it to go higher. So, how do I grow my organization? This is very simple, folks. I've got to raise my lid, don't I? I've got to get this lid up, and because I can become a better leader, I can raise my lid, true? So I can go from a five to a six, to a seven, to an eight. To a nine. Now, this organization is a four. When that leadership lid starts going up, that organization goes from a four to a five, to a six, to a seven, to an eight. You see, your organization will grow to the size of your leadership ability. Now, if I were where you are and I was listening to what I just said, and I was taking notes somewhere on my notes or somewhere on my iPad, I'd be putting a star right here. I'd be putting a rocket ship. I, I would be putting a, a sign that says, do not miss this. Because your ability to lead will determine how successful you'll be in this house without any question. The best leaders will build the biggest business. No question. That should light a fire within you. That, that should spark, something should be going off on the inside right now. You see, everything rises and falls on leadership and I've got to raise my leadership lid and Maxwell says I can, that I can learn how to lead and the better I learn how to lead, the bigger I can build this business. There ought to be something inside of you that says something like this. I had better learn to lead. Hello, this is an IQ test. If you miss this one, you can go home now. Vicellus can't help you. God can't help you. You understand? 
The whole concept, the whole idea that you can learn to lead, and if you learn to lead, and the better you learn to lead, the more successful you can become, and the greater your business. This is an absolute fact. It's not a theory. It's not a thought. It's not an idea. It's not a principle. It's a fact. And the law of the lid says, the better you learn to lead, the higher you lift that lid, the greater your business can become. Now, that's the law of the lid. So the question that I have today, and as I was talking on the phone to your leaders the other day, the question I have is then, well, how do I lift that lid? How, how do I lift that lid? If, if that's the key, then John, come on, let's get that lid lifted. And by the way, you're in luck because I know how to do that. The rule of five is the most life-changing concept for focusing on success that I have ever taught, that I've ever lived. So I'm just going to Drop it on you just enough to help you understand the five concept, to help you understand the five things you need to do to lift your leadership lid. The rule of five just simply says, if you have a tree in your backyard that you want to cut down, and you have an ax, if every day you pick up that ax and you go to that tree and you swing five times with that ax to hit that tree, put the ax down. The next day you go out, pick up the ax, swing five times at the tree. Put the ax down. The next day you go out, pick up the ax, and five more times you swing at that tree. Five times every day you pick up the ax, and only five, not 50, not 15, not 500. Five, if you swing five times a day at that tree with that ax every day, let me ask you a question. What eventually is going to happen to that tree? That tree is going to... Now, there's no question about that, is there? There's any doubt. You, you don't have to sit around the table and kind of say, do you think it will? Mm, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya and hope. If you swing five times a day at that tree every day, that tree will fall in the story. Now, if it's a big tree, it may take a couple years. If it's a little tree in your backyard, I don't know, maybe, maybe in a month you could knock that baby down. I, I don't see. Now, now, the size of the tr tree will determine how long it takes for it to fall. But that's not what we're debating here. What we're teaching here is if you swing five times a day at that tree, every day the tree will fall. Now, that's the rule of five. The rule of five says, find your tree. What's your goal in life? What's your purpose? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to knock down? Where's your ax? What are your tools? What, 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 what is it that you're going to use to, to effectively go after that goal five times a day? What, what are you, what is it? Because whatever that is, whatever that is, If you use it five times a day, every day, you'll be highly successful. For example, I write books. So let me just put that in writing for a moment. I, I've, I've written 73 books. People say, John, how, how have you written 73 books? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> the rule of five. You see, there are five things I do every day that allows me to write that many books. It's not magic. It's not that I'm brilliant. It's just that I know the rule of five. 
the rule of five. You see, every day I read, every day I file, every day I think, every day I ask questions, and every day I write. Every day I do those five things. Every day, every day I read, every day I, I file, every day I think, every day I ask questions, every day I write, every day I read, every day I think, every day I file, every day I ask questions, every day I write, every day I think, every day I read, every day I ask questions, every day I file, every day I write, every day I write, every day I read, every day I think, every day I file, every day I ask questions. Yes, I can do it in different orders, but every day. Doesn't matter whether you swing the axe left-handed or right-handed, you just got to hit the tree. Every day I read. File, think, ask questions, write, read, think, file, ask questions, write, read, think, file, ask questions, write. You say, now, John, what do you mean by every day? <sighs> this is where it gets a little long sometimes. What I mean by every day is every day. Now, you say, now, now let me, when you say every day, do you mean, you, do you do that on Sunday? Every Sunday, I read, think, file, ask questions, write. Do you do that on, on, on your birthday? Every birthday. Guess what? Every birthday I read, think, file, ask questions, write. Do you do that on Christmas? Guess what I do every Christmas? Every Christmas I read, think, file, ask questions, write. Do you do this when you're not feeling well? Can I tell you when I'm not feeling well? <laughs> Even if I'm not feeling well, guess what I do every day? Every day I feel, when I'm not feeling well, I think, write, ask questions. Do all those things. Every day. You say every day. At the age of 17, I started filing. I've never missed a day. I don't have a hundred quotes. I don't have a thousand quotes. I have tens of thousands of quotes. I don't have a hundred stories. I don't have a thousand stories. I have 10,000 stories. Where did you get all those stories? Where'd you get all those quotes? Well, let me tell you something. Guess what I do every day? <laughs> see, see, we overestimate what we can do in a day and we underestimate what we can do in several days and you got to understand you got to understand the secret of success is not the fact that hey I, I didn't say hey some days I get up and I write for 12 hours and no 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 I, di I didn't say I write all I write all day I didn't say I read all day I didn't say I think all day I didn't say I ask questions all day I just said every day every day you see Doing a little bit every day is a lot more important than doing a lot someday. And most people live in someday. Well, I'll tell you what, I think I'll get to that. You know what, I think I'll try that. You know what, I believe I got Now, Now, here's the key. You've got to figure out what the five are. It took me seven years to find my five for writing. You say, man, John, you're slow. I am. It won't take you seven years. But it'll take you a long period of time. I could get the first two quickly, but the third, the fourth, the fifth, it took me four years to get the last one. Now, forget writing. Because this isn't about writing a book. This is about leading. And what I'm going to do is I sat up in my hotel in San Francisco and I wrote out what I think is the rule of five for leading. And I'm going to give it to you. And I've never given it to anybody else. They're all simple. You can do all five. You can do all five. They're simple. Think about my rules uh, for writing. Every day I read. You can read, can't you? Every day I think. Every day I file. Every day I... No, no, no. See, the things, that, the things that will bring you success are not complicated. They're simple. I'm a communicator, not an educator. Now, I have an education. I've got three degrees, but I'm, I'm, I'm not an educator. An educator takes something simple and makes it complicated. 
Yeah, my father was a university president for 17 years. I know university stuff really well. An educator, they just take something simple, make it complicated. If you're not confused, they're not happy. A communicator takes something complicated and makes it simple. I'm a communicator. My name's John. I'm your friend. I'm a communicator. And I know how to communicate. I know how to put the cookies on the lower shelf. Might as well have some. I've been having some. I know how to put cookies on the, and you, what I'm going to share with you about leading, you can do this, but you can't do this in a day and you can't do this in a week and you can't even do this in a month. You can't do this in a year. This is a lifetime of living this rule of five. Are you with me? It's a lifetime. So there's no quick fixes here. There's no magic, but you can do this. Okay. Let me give you the first one. The first of the rule of five for lifting your leadership lid is lead yourself. Lead yourself. Now, now you say, John, when you say lead myself, what do you mean? What I mean is lead yourself. You see, when we think of leadership, we always think of someone else, don't we? We think, okay, 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 I gotta, I'm gonna rule, that's rule of five for leading, lifting my leadership lid. All right, I gotta go find some people, gotta find some people, okay. Find some people, find some people. No, no, no. Before you lead someone else, you need to lead yourself. I was, I was doing a, a leadership conference, been speaking all day, doing Q&A the last session, a kid with an MBA stood up, he said, John, I love your leadership principles. My goodness, he said, ah, I'm sitting here all day. He said, I'm an MBA student. I'm still in school. I, I don't even graduate till this spring. And he said, I, I kept listening to you and I kept thinking, boy, I wish I had somebody to lead. I wish I had somebody to lead. I wish I had somebody to lead. I, I wish I had a company. I wish I had, a, I wish I had an apartment. I wish I had somebody to lead. He said, I don't have anybody to lead. He said, where should I start? He said, good question. Start with you. Let me put it this way. If you wouldn't follow yourself, why should anyone else follow you? So what do I mean? I'm talking about leading by example. I'm talking about having the leadership qualities within you that you want to teach someone else. Having the leadership values within you that you want to impart to someone else. I'm talking about visually leading people because leadership is visual it's a visual responsibility and it's a visual act nobody has ever said to you I am following a great leader I just have never found him or known him no you're taking drugs Every person that you've ever followed, you saw. Every person that you ever said, I want to follow, that person has had an influence on you. And listen to me very carefully because the most important motivational principle in leadership life is this. People do what people see. So when they follow you as a leader, 
It's not what you say to them that makes you effective. It's what they see in you. Let's go to the 21 laws of leadership for just a moment. The 21 laws of leadership. The law of magnetism. The law of magnetism simply says, we attract who we are, not who we want. Oh my, that is so good. No wonder that book has done so well. It'll change your life. We attract who we are, not who we want. I run into people all the time and they come to me and they say, John, I, I'm developing a group. I, I, I'm starting an organization here and I, I'm getting people to buy in. And, and John, oh, I, I'm all excited. And I look up and say, what kind of people do you want to be attracted to your, to your organization? What, what kind of people do you want to bring in? What kind of people do you want to recruit? And they'll say, you know what? I want, I want people with um, energy. Oh, I want energy. I, I like energy is important. I want people with energy. And I'll tell you what else I want. I want, uh, I want people with a character. I want, I want somebody has some integrity. Uh, and, yeah, and, and an attitude. Oh, I want somebody who has a good attitude. You know, okay. And, and they start listing all these qualities they look for. Now, let them list three, four, five. It doesn't matter. But when they get to five, I stop. I say, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, you want somebody with energy? Yeah. Uh, you want somebody with character? Yeah. Well, I want somebody with good attitude. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Stop, 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 stop. I don't care what you want. I got a question to ask you. Do you have energy? Do you have character? Do you have a great attitude? You see, if you have energy, a character, and a great attitude, guess what you attract? Birds of a feather. See, like begins. Like, like attracts like. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Before you ask somebody to follow you, make sure you have your own act together. You see, too many leaders, they're like travel agents. They send people where they've never been themselves. They've never been there themselves, but, but they're always sending other people there. They've never experienced it. They've never lived it. They've never fleshed it out. They're not living it. They're just, they're, they get up and they think, I'll just cast a vision. I'll just cast a vision. Boy, I'll just say, all right, here's the great way. People don't want to follow your finger. They want to follow you. Quit pointing. Quit talking. Talk's cheap. Any person that hasn't succeeded can talk. We teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> when you've done this for 40 plus years, it's brilliant. It's not that I'm brilliant, it's just that I've done it so long. After a while, I catch on. We teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. So if you're wanting to raise up some great leaders in your group, guess what? The first thing you need to do is be a great leader. 
Oh, oh let, let me explain that to you. Let, let me just sit down for just a moment. At my age, it's a highlight. Let me just sit down for a moment and let's go back to the law of the lid. Remember when, when your lid was a five, what was your company going to be? It was going to be a... Absolutely. The lid says you can't have a six. You can't have a seven. You can't have an eight. You can't have a nine. You're a five liter. A five liter doesn't have sevens. A five liter doesn't have eight companies. Five liter doesn't have nine. Five liters have four companies. What kind of a person will you attract? If you're a five liter, you don't attract sixes. Sevens, eights, nines, tens. Can I tell you something? Eights don't want to follow fives. Eights go meet a five and they say, whoops, Mr. Magoo. Oh. So how do you attract better people? Lift your lid. If you're a five, you get fours, threes, twos, and ones. If you're a six, you get five, fours, threes, two. If you're a seven, you get six. If you're an eight, you got this? Stanford Research says, just came from there. Stanford Research says that 85% of everything you know, you learn visually. 85%. The reason I say that the first rule of five in leadership is leading yourself is because visual example is the most powerful leadership tool, axe, axe, to cut down your tree. Trust me with that. James Allen, James Allen said, People are anxious to improve their circumstances, but they're not anxious to improve themselves. And they therefore remain bound. The first person that you should teach leadership values to is you. The first person that should flesh out leadership is you. The first person that makes the decision to go forward is you. Lead yourself. I will promise you, start there. Start small. Start with you. When I was 25, I made a very important leadership decision that literally has changed my life. When I was 25, I made a decision that as a teacher, I would never teach something that I didn't 100% believe. And what that meant was I did a lot of things. I had a lot of subjects I didn't teach on. Are you with me? But I realized that the power, the life change, the passion all comes out of living it yourself. And once you start living it yourself, it is so amazing how people will begin to follow you. So don't leave this conference and go back and say, oh, let me tell you what I learned. No, no, don't tell them what you learned. Show them. My mentor for many, many years, John Wooden, used to say to me, John, I would look at my players at UCLA and I would say to my players, don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me.
what you're going to do. The second of the five is every day add value to people. Every day. Every day add value to people. When I was 27 in Dayton, Ohio, I listened to Zig Ziglar, my wonderful friend who passed away about a month ago. What a precious. When you talk about somebody living his message, Zig lived his message. I knew him well, played golf with him, been on trips with him. We've spent a lot of time together. What he said is what he lived. What a great, great man. And I remember Zig in that wonderful Mississippi draws, he'd walked around the stage in Dayton, Ohio, and he said what you have heard too, if you'll help other people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. And that day my life was changed because as a young leader, I wasn't helping people get what they want, I was asking people to help me get what I wanted. I was saying, hey, listen to my vision. Look, here's where I'm going. Hey, look at my train. Hey, get on my train. Hey, let's go on my trip. Let's go on my journey. Hey, let me tell And I was trying to get people to come my way. And that day, everything changed when he's, he's basically said to me, John, leaders focus on others first. They focus on what is your dreams and what would you like to accomplish and what do you love? What's your passion? It changed my life. And from that time on, I said, okay, I'm going to be a person that every day adds value. And, and can I tell you, I, I have a practice I've done for 35, 40 years. I did it this morning. Woke up in my hotel. And I thought of you, and I thought that I'm going to be able to teach you today. And I'm going to be able to spend some time with you. And I, and I began to think about how can I add value to you. And I, I took my notes and, that I had written yesterday and I, I went through them again and I looked at it and I said, okay, what, where can I help them? What can I do that will really lift them? How, how can I add value? See, every morning, every morning I ask myself, who can I add value to and how can I add value to them? Every morning. And every evening I ask myself, did I add value to that person and how did I do it? Every morning, who can I add value to and how can I do it? Every night, did I add value to that person and how did I do it? Every morning, who can I add value to and how can I do it? Every night, who did I add value to and how did I do it? It's amazing because I teach leadership is influence and people come to me all the time. They say, okay, John, how do I increase my influence? Because the more people that you influence, the more people you're going to have in your business. No doubt about it. It's very simple. People that know how to add value to people continually increase value and influence with people. So because I'm so passionate about adding value to people on a daily basis, remember every day, every day, hey, every day I lead myself. Every day I add value to people. Every day I take that ax, lead myself, add value to people. Because I'm so passionate about it. I sat down a few years ago and I asked myself, okay, how do I add value to people? And I came up with three things that I want to pass on to you quickly. I add value to people, number one, when I value people. You got to value people, friend. You got to really love people. Don't be like Charlie Brown one time who said, you know, I love, I love mankind as people I can't stand. You got to value people. You see, if I don't value you, I'll take advantage of you. 
Leaders who get in trouble get in trouble because they stopped valuing the people that they lead. So I've got to value people. Number two, I have to know and relate to what you value. I have to know and relate to what you value. And I can only do that by listening. I can only do that by, by instead of talking and casting vision, turning to you and finding out where you are and how you feel, listening. Oh my goodness, the great leaders, the great leaders, they listen, they learn, and then they lead. They listen, they learn, and 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 they lead. If I want to add value to you, I have to value you. I have to know and relate to what you value. And number three, I have to make myself more valuable. If I'm really going to add value to you, guess what I have to do? I have to keep getting better, don't I? Because if I don't keep growing and if I don't keep getting better, it's impossible for you to keep growing and it's impossible for you to get better. And you see, in this business, you got to keep learning. You got to keep growing. I watch people in this type of work and they get to a level and they just kind of plateau and they get satisfied and they stop growing and they just kind of live off the level they're on and live off the land. You, listen, the only way that you can be valuable to somebody tomorrow is learn something new today. When's the last time you learned something for the first time? This whole process of learning and growing and developing. But every day add value people. So when I was in the San Francisco airport getting ready to get on the plane this morning, the lady behind the counter, when I got me an iced tea to drink, I asked her how her day was going and she started talking about her three children and how she was going to get, leave work as soon as she could to help them get into school. And I listened to her for a moment and smiled and told her I thought she was a good mama. Paid $1.50 for my iced tea and gave her a $20 tip. Listen to me, I want to tell you something. When leaders stop valuing people, they should stop leading people. The caring and the loving and the valuing people is the core of longevity and success in leadership. I wish I had time to go on, but I, I, I've got to give you the other, the other three. Okay, the rule of five for lifting your lid. Every day I lead myself, right? Every day, what do I do? Secondly, add value to people. Number three, every day I study leadership. Every day. And you say, now John, when you say every day you study leadership, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is every day. How we doing, gang? <laughs> Every day I study leadership. You see, again, back in the 70s, I heard Earl Nightingale say these words. If you will take one hour a day, every day, for five years on a certain subject, and every day for one hour will study that subject for five years, in five years you'll become an expert on that subject. 
And that was in the middle 1970s, and I said, I think I'm going to do that. I think until 1980, I'm going to spend an hour every day just studying leadership. I'm going to, I'm going to read leadership books, and I, I'm just going to, I'm going to get around leaders. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to study leadership, and by 1980, I'll, I'll be a great leader. And, and I did that every day until 1980. And by 1980, I thought, oh, my goodness, this works so good. I think I'll do it until 1985. And, and so every day, I did it an hour of studying leadership until 1985, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I know so much more in 1985 than I knew in 1980. I think I'll wait and go on until 1990. And Sit down. I went for every day to 1990. I thought, man, I'm writing leadership books and they're buying those suckers and life is good. I, I think I'll do this every day. What have I done? Can I tell you what I do every day? Every day. <coughs> My staff, any book with the title of leadership in it, I get it. I every day read leadership. Oh my goodness, every day. <laughs> and because I have so much reading to do, I took three speed reading courses. Oh yes. So when I interviewed Condoleezza Rice on the plane out, I, I read a book on Condoleezza Rice. I can read a book real fast, you understand. I took speed reading courses so I could read more. Now, speed reading didn't increase my comprehension, but speed reading lets me get to where I need to get to so I can slow down so I can understand it. You see, 20% of a book has 80% of everything you need to know. Now, there are some exceptions, my books, for example. So when I say study leadership, what do I mean? Write real quick, okay? I gotta get this done for you. That means reading. That means resources. You, you, you see, in 1973, when I realized I needed to develop a personal plan for growth and I didn't have one, and I didn't know how to develop one, Success Motivation Institute out of Waco, Texas had a, had a kit that I could buy for $795 that would help me to personally grow. And that kit cost me one month of my salary. And I bought it. Well, it took me six months to buy it because I had to save up for it. Most of my life, I have belonged to at least seven CD clubs on leadership. Resources. Learning lunches. Every month since 1982, I've set up a lunch from somebody. I buy the lunch, I don't even eat. I just ask questions. Somebody that's smarter, faster, better than me. And I just ask questions. I call it my learning lunch. Do it every month. Oh, I wish I, if I had 20 minutes, I'd teach you what I just learned. Oh, I, just, I would just teach you what I, I just learned in a learning lunch I had two weeks ago. But I don't have time. Events. Going to events. Leadership events. I started, Margaret and I started visiting presidential libraries because I love history and I love leadership. I've now been to every presidential library in America and studied it. I, I, I just constantly immerse myself in leadership events. 
I've already talked to you about filing. I file everyday leadership thoughts. Quote, if I pulled out my iPhone right now, I could, just, I could, give, you, I could give you three dozen quotes that I've pick, picked up in the last two or three days that I file. And I just keep them in there and I just keep reading them. I keep working and I just keep reading them until I've got them, until they're mine. Study leadership. I, I, I do hope. I, I do hope I'm lighting a fire for you because I'm telling you, your leadership lid will determine how high you're going to go in this business. And I'm going to promise you, you can't increase your leadership without studying leadership. So every day I lead myself. Every day I add value to others. Every day I study leadership. Are you with me? Number four, every day I practice leadership. I practice leadership every day. I not only study leadership, but I, I, I practice leadership. I shared with you about my organization, Equip. The largest leadership training organization in the world. You say, John, how did you, and by the way, we did that in 16 years. How, how did you develop the largest leadership training organization in the world? It's very simple. When we train leaders... We go in for two days and we have a leadership workbook and we take them through the leadership principles. And then at the end of the two days, we give them 10 workbooks. And we said, we'll be back in six months for the next session. In the six months we're gone, you take 10 people and you train them what we trained you to do. And they can't come back for their second training until they validate that they've trained 10. You see, a long time ago, I learned, I'm not about to train somebody how to lead that isn't going to practice leadership. You see, I'm telling you, you can waste a lot of time with people who like to have meetings. But their biggest accomplishment is lighting the fire and doing a little kumbaya. The whole idea of not only knowing how to lead, but practicing your leadership. Malcolm Gladwell, who's a wonderful friend of mine, read some great books, Tipping Point, etc. Malcolm is the first guy to say, that if you want to be highly successful in doing something, you have to do it at least 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. He gives examples, the Beatles, the whole, all, all these groups that made it big, when people say, oh my, they just made it big. They'd just done it, done it, done it, done it, done it, done it. Practice, 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 practice. Uh, that, that when, when Malcolm said that, I, I, I said, I wonder how many times I've spoken. So I, I went back and had my people do research and I've spoken over 12,000 times. So people say, John, you walk out on stage, you take your water, you stick a cough drop in your mouth, you sit on a chair and say, my name is John, I'm your friend. <laughs> you don't look nervous. You're, it's like you're having a conversation with us. Well, I'm having a conversation with you. Absolutely. And I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. I've done this 12,000 times times you say oh John you look so natural when you do that of course I'm not I've done this 12,000 times oh I wish you could have seen me in the beginning I was nervous I wasn't natural practice oh yes I was over at Jack Nicholas's house one afternoon. We were doing some putting in his green in his backyard. And I said, Jack, I've watched you make all kind of pressure putts to win major championships. Did you feel the pressure? And he smiled and said, not really. 
How could you, how could you have such an important putt and not have the pressure? He said, well, you have to understand when I had that seven foot putt, had a little break to the right. He said, to be honest with you, I've done that putt about 10,000 times. And then he said, practice gives confidence. Thank you, Jack. The rule of five says you got to practice leadership. Oh, I wish I had time. Okay, okay. I don't have time, so I'm going on. Because the last one's important. But before I give you the last one, I, we got to review the fir first four, okay? Get your axe out, gang. Get your axe out. We got four things to do. You got your axe? Come on. We got a tree here, huh? We got a tree. Okay, okay. Well, when I pick up that axe, my first swing, the first thing I do is uh, in my rule of five, every day I... Ah, oh, yeah, I pick up that axe, and the second thing I do every day, I... Absolutely, and I pick up that axe, and the third thing I do is every day, I... And that's right, and I pick up that axe, and the fourth thing I do every day is... Oh, you are so stinking good! Every day, number five, I intentionally grow. Every day. Every day I intentionally grow. Oh my goodness. Every day I intentionally grow. This is huge. So just, this is important right here. This is important because every day I intentionally grow. Are you with me? Yes. This, Hey, in 1977, I wrote this. It's laminated. Yeah, it's my prized possession. Because I wasn't in a growth environment. I wasn't lucky like you. I didn't belong to an organization named by Silas. I didn't belong to an organization that is an amazing organization that's breaking all kind of records. I didn't get to go on the rocket ride. I wasn't on a ride. I was on a donkey. And that ass wasn't going anywhere. My organization's theme song was, I shall not be moved. And they weren't. And all of a sudden I decided I wanted to be a success, but I didn't have, I didn't have peers like you to help me be successful. I didn't have leaders like you have to help me be successful. I didn't have an organization like you have to be successful. I didn't have strategy like you and, and training like you to be successful. I didn't have any of that. And, and so I'm a kid and I said, I want to be successful. And I, and I knew that I had to create a growth environment and I wasn't in a growth environment. And so how do I create a growth environment when you aren't in a growth environment? The people that I was with, their idea of progress was moving backwards slowly. So I wrote this down in the late 70s and it's still true today here's what I think a growth environment is a growth environment is a place where others are ahead of me in other words I want to be around people that are better than me I want to be around people that are more successful than me I want to be around people that are faster than me and that's exactly what you have in this organization you got you got some pace setters don't you huh you got some amazing, amazing pace setters. Let, let me just put it this way. When you're at the head of the class, you're in the wrong class. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What do you say? It's just good. 
My name's John. I'm your friend. A growth environment is a place where I am continually challenged. I'm continually challenged. I mean, every day I get up, I got another hill to climb. I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for the hammock. I'm looking for the hill. A growth environment is a place where my focus is forward. It's right out in front of me. It's not behind me. It's not the good old days. It's not yesterday. A growth environment is a place where the atmosphere is affirming, where the people around me, they're encouraging me. Encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. A growth environment is a place where I am out of my comfort zone. In other words, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm taking virgin territory. I'm going places where I've never been before, and I'm not one bit comfortable. I'm nervous, and I'm excited, and I'm stretching, and I'm praying, and I'm holding on, and I'm just, oh, oh, help me, help me, help me. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Help, help. I, I'm over my head. Are you with me? And can I tell you something? You want to be over your head. You want to be over your head. You don't want to be in the wading pool of life with ankle deep water. Get over your head. And by the way, when you're over your head, it doesn't matter how deep the water is. You're over your head. A growth environment is a place where I wake up excited. Man, I know a lot of people, they don't even wake up. We're supposed to leave our footprints in the sands of time, but a lot of people, they're just leaving their butt prints. Yeah, they just got butt prints in the sands of time. They're not doing anything. You with me, huh? Hello, come on, talk to me. There are some people, they're already dead. They just haven't made it official yet. A growth environment is a place where failure is not my enemy. It's not my enemy. Failure is my friend. Oh, yes. I write three books at a time. This one's not out yet, but I've written it. It comes out next year. I love the title. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. It's good, isn't it? That's good. It really is. A growth environment is a place where others are growing. Mm-hmm. Some of you, I've seen some people, they win the race, but it was because no one else was running. I won, I won. Oh, where is everybody? Oh, I won, I won, I won. A growth environment is a place where people desire change. They want something different. They want something fresh. A growth environment is a place where growth is modeled, where growth is expected. Now, what am I saying? That fifth rule, that fifth, number five, and that rule of five on, on, on learning to lead and, and lifting your lid is all about intentional growth. By the way, I'm starting to wrap this up. I wrote a book. Well, I wrote 73 to be here. I got three books back here, I think. I think I have the dream, put your dream to the test. Huge book, friend. 10 questions you ask, gotta ask yourself to see if your dream comes true. By the way, it's the same 10 questions you gotta ask the people that you're leading to see if you can help them because if they can't answer yes to those questions, you can't help them with their dream. So you better know the 10 questions and answer it yourself and then go look at your other people and say, do they pass the test? Do they pass the test? Do they pass the test? I got another book out there called Beyond Talent. 
which basically says talent is wonderful, but if you don't make the right decisions in your life, you're still not going to be successful. How many of you know wasted, talented people? Just gifted, talented, going nowhere, doing nothing. Talent is never enough beyond talent. And the third book is the book that just came out in October, The 15 Laws of Growth. Now, now, okay, I, I'm curious, how many of you have the 15 laws? Let me see if your hand now. Okay, now, oh, that's, that's a lot of you. That's all, I want to tell you something about that book for the whole month of October was number one on New York Times bestseller list, number one. And I'm going to tell you why. I know how to grow me and I know how to grow you and I've been doing it in, since the middle 1970s. And these 15 laws, I promise you, listen to me, that this will become the Bible for your success, the 15 laws of growth. I promise you. It'll be, it'll be what you read, it'll be what you give to others, it'll be what you teach others, it'll be what you... Some American tourists were in a very small, quaint European village. And it was, the old buildings were old and they became quite nostalgic and they, they just thought about the greatness of this little town and they saw an old man that was sitting on a parked bench and they went up to him and they said, do you live here? He said, I've lived here all of my life. They said, oh good, we've got a question to ask you. We love this village. He said, what's the question? He said, have any great men been born in this village? The old man on the bench said, no, only babies. Greatness doesn't begin great. It begins as a baby. Greatness is based on the decisions you make. And if you'll take the rule of five for lifting your lid, can we say it together? Five things to lift your leadership day, lid. Every day I... Every day I... Every day I... Every day I, every day I, thank you very much. Start